this is Dan Savage, and you've downloaded the Savage Love Podcast, a weekly audio version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. Uh, 206-201-2720 is the number if you want to uh, ask me a question via telephone technology. Modern telephone technology. It's very advanced. Let's get to the calls. Hi, Dan. I'm calling because I just started dating a guy that I really like, and um, so far things have gone pretty well, and there's just a bunch of different things that I really like about him. But we ran into problems the first time we made out, and we're long distance. So I saw him, and we made out, and he was not very good at um, taking no for an answer. And, um, you know, definitely was not a rapist, but basically kept on asking me to go further um, or putting his hands where I told him not to and acting pissy and disappointed when I said no and kind of like, you know, I was being unreasonable. So this has really made me um, not um, excited about him and also really sad because I had really liked him a lot. So I'm, I, I talked to him about it, and he was actually really receptive. At, at first, he kind of didn't really get what I was saying and didn't think he had done anything wrong. But, you know, the more I explained it, the more he got it, and he ended up apologizing and um, saying that he understood and that he wouldn't do it again. So, but that has made me just nervous and um it's scary to me because I feel like the only way I'm going to know if he'll repeat this behavior is by making out with him again. So I just, I guess I want to know what you think about men who are pishy and basically trying to convince me to have sex with him, which just seems sort of manipulative and manipulative and coercive when I've already told him no. And if you think that this is something that can actually change he didn't grow up in this country, so i thinking, well, maybe, you know, if he was American, I would think, well, he's gotten so many messages about no means no, and if he's going to be pushy and obnoxious, then he's just quite crazy. But then I was like, well, maybe he just doesn't have that same sort of socialization where he's grown up with all this stuff, all this information, so that maybe he really is learning. But I'm just a little suspicious that I could have this one conversation with him and then he'd get it when he was actually doing it in the first place. And another thing, when we were making out, I actually said to him, I was like, look, I feel like I'm having to argue with you and you're acting disappointed. I don't really know why. You know, I've told you I don't want to, you know, do such and such. Um, like, will you stop asking me? And he and he didn't stop asking. He continued. Anyways, so um, I would like to hear your thoughts on that. My friends um, are basically telling me that I should not go out with him and that, you know, he's an asshole and that I should forget about him. But it's hard because I really, I really like. There are so many things that I like about him, but this instance was kind of crazy. Well, is he worth taking a chance on or not? Uh, that depends on whether you like him enough to take that chance on him. 
Um, you're vague about so many things. I wish I could have gotten you on the phone. We could have talked about it. You don't mention where or what country he grew up in, how long he's been in America. Uh, you say that, you know, so many Americans get uh, so many messages about no means no. Um, and, that, you know, perhaps his socialization is the problem. But, you know, Americans get those messages uh, and hear that. And yet American men still rape American women. Um, so it's not necessarily about country of origin, although there are certainly uh, cultures and countries around the world where women are given less respect than they're given in the West and given in America. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, put a, any sort of gloss on it. Um, also, you know, you say he he asked and asked and pressured and pressured, um, but you don't mention whether he used any sort of physical force or if he was just a whining, pleading uh, bag of slop uh, about it and a manipulative asshole. Um you know, I think there's a difference in degree, a significant one, between someone who whines and begs and pleads and makes you feel terrible and someone who uh, attempts to use force. Um, and so I would want to balance that before I gave you any advice. However, uh, usually in a situation like this, I like to defer to the friends. You mentioned your friends are telling you to dump him. Uh, you know, it would help to know what your friends are like. Do they prefer you single? Are they, you know, bitter, vicious, single people who uh, don't want anyone else to be partnered and happy and then are trying to monkey wrench it, seizing this opportunity of this uh, unfortunate makeout session? Um, but, you know, uh, your friends may know him better, may know you better, and may have, a, you know, a more uh, on-the-ground picture of what's going on uh, in this little relationship that I could possibly have uh, based on your phone call and at this distance. So I would take very seriously what your friends are telling you, but you then need to look inside your heart, and you need to decide uh, whether he's worth taking that chance on. It sounds like you kind of want to take that chance. It sounds like you're calling me asking for permission to take that chance because your friends have told you don't. Your friends have told you dump him. You don't like that advice, so you're going for another person's advice. Uh, and what you want to hear is give him another chance. If that's what you want to hear, if that's why you're calling, uh, then that's what you should do because that's what you want to do. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what I think or your friends think. So, again, we're back to what I said at the beginning of my answer. If he's worth taking a chance on, if you sincerely feel that there's something there, he's a good dude, maybe he's learned his lesson, hopefully he's learned his lesson, and you're willing to take that chance uh, on another unpleasant makeout session, you weren't raped, uh, he didn't beat the hell out of you. He didn't go nuts. Uh, if you're willing to take a chance on one more unpleasant makeout session, uh, ending it, then you should do it because clearly that's what you want to do because that's why you called. Hi, Dan. My name is Dan. Um, I've got a, a really good friend of mine who has recently become engaged. And uh, to um, a woman that I dated briefly a number of years ago, Separate from that, I've come to understand and seen them together that, and I've voiced my opinion to him recently that I don't really see them as a good fit. And I, and thinking that he was as good a friend, um, that he could hear that. And we had a discussion about that. And a couple months have gone by and we haven't really seen each other much, but he just recently told me that I need to apologize to her before he and I can be friends again. Um, and I'm really totally lost about what to do. So I'm hoping that you have some, um, have some semblance of an answer. So I guess you should probably call me back um, and we can figure this out. Wow, that sounds like a really sucky situation. Uh, he left his phone number, so we're going to give him a call and talk to him uh, live, live, live on the Savage Love Podcast about his problem. Hello? Hey, it's Dan. 
Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. I just listened to your uh, message to the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, thanks for calling. Sorry, sure. it sounds like it sucks, the situation. Yeah, it does. Uh, how long have you been friends with this uh, guy who's marrying your ex? Uh, about nine years. Wow. And you did what any good friend should do under those circumstances when somebody's about to marry someone, you think it might be a mistake, and you went to him and said, hey, this might be a mistake, just think about it? Yeah. And he did what you're not supposed to do under those circumstances, which is tell the person he's marrying? Well, yeah, but I don't really fault him for that. Why? Well, I mean, I knew it was going to come up. They're already in um, They're already in counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I... They're I, already in couples counseling? Yeah. And they're getting married? They're already in couples counseling? Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm totally on your side. Okay, well... <laughs> Anybody who's in couples counseling before they're getting married, uh-huh. that's crazy. Like, if, you're, yeah. if the relationship is already a problem that needs to be solved, and you're not even, you know, past the altar or the honeymoon stage yet, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. What's well, their major damage? What's their yeah. conflict? What's their conflict? Yeah. I don't really know the full depth of it. I think a lot of it's trust issues. Um, um, but I, I want to backtrack just a little bit that you referred to her as my ex, and like I, I went out with her like a couple, like five times, oh, okay. many, many years ago. So for me, it wasn't a very significant relationship. And you guys weren't in couples counseling until like the third date. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. Do you um, think they're going to divorce ultimately? You know, I don't know, and I. It, it's not really my place to say that. It's just that. I mean, there are a lot of uh, a lot of our friends in common. A lot of our his mutual friends are expressing concerns, and I don't really think he's listening. And I think I'm the only one that's saying things as boldly as I am. Uh huh. And I just want to know if I'm really off base here. And, and well, there are times in people's lives when you know the, the the best thing your friends can do for you is end a friendship, mm-hmm. uh, because that sort of extreme measure communicates something about the seriousness of the situation. Whether you're talking sure. about somebody who's like. You know, abusing drugs or with an asshole partner they need to leave and uh, or a situation like this, you know. Yeah. I've had friends who married people that they shouldn't have married and who wouldn't listen to the people who were jumping up and down screaming at them that they were making a mistake. Really? Um, and resented those people terribly when they were mm-hmm. screaming and yelling and jumping up and down. And then two, three, five years later had to go back and admit that they were right all along and yeah. apologize themselves. Yeah. Uh, for not listening and for being a dick about being told the truth and for being a dick about uh, your friend doing the right thing, uh, the yeah. thing you need a friend to do, which is to talk some sense to you and yeah. sometimes say things you don't want to hear. Yeah. Um, if, you, if, you know, if there's a rough consensus among all of the people who know this couple that he's making a mistake mm-hmm. uh, and you're the only person brave enough to open your mouth, you know, I would hold my ground if I were you. I certainly wouldn't apologize to her. Yeah. Uh, unless yeah. unless you can issue, you know, a non, non-denial, denial, non-apology, apology. Uh, yeah. Although I don't think anyone falls for those anymore because we talk about them so much. People go, I'm sorry that what I said hurt your feelings. Yeah. Uh, and not you're sorry for what you said. That's the way I feel. Right. Because you, you aren't, and you can't. they can't drag an insincere apology from you. And, you know, this might do your relationship some damage for a while. You know, my brother had a really good friend who married a woman, and my brother thought it was a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. And it really damaged their friendship until uh, my brother's friend left his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, that, you know, he his friend now values the fact that my brother risked everything, put the friendship on the line to tell him the truth. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, their years in the wilderness and the years that their friendship sort of fell away uh, isn't, you know, evidence that their friendship wasn't solid, but that it was solid. Right, right. You know? And, you know, five years from now, maybe he'll be 
coming to you and saying, I wish I'd listened, and I yeah. apologize. Yeah. In the meantime, you have to decide whether you want to issue a non-apology apology to, okay. to this woman. Yeah. And at the same time, I would tell him, you know what? You need friends who you can talk to about your relationship who know that everything they say isn't going to be repeated to your fiancé. Yeah. And so you need people like, so I need to know that if I tell you things in confidence, you're not going to repeat them to your fiancé. People need those sorts of emotional support systems, and people yeah. need that kind of uh, relationship with other people. You know, a, a, a marriage isn't a deposition. You don't have to tell your partner everything. And yeah. you need a private life. You need your own friends. You need your own support systems. And if he's going to cut himself off from that, because he, he's going to communicate to his friends that anything they say is going to be repeated to his wife, who's gonna, or her fiance is going to freak out, then he's really isolating himself. And that's a mistake. That's, yeah, and the further the, the information on that, the, the popular rumor is that she monitors his email accounts and such and, and edits out what he's allowed to see. It's really twisted. That's, that's conjecture. I, I've only heard that. I don't know if that's true. Well, I would, I, I, I would send him a few emails uh, of varying uh, sorts, you know, just chatty, uh, one about sports, uh, one about an ex-girlfriend of his that you ran into, whether it's true or not, uh, okay. and then see uh, if that's true. And then if it's true, you should go to him and say, this is crap, and you are crazy, and you should not marry this woman, and if you stay with this woman, I cannot be your friend. Yeah. Call me when it's over, and I'll help you work through it. That's okay. what sometimes we need our friends to say. That's a mark of a real friend in a situation yeah. like that. And, and knowing what the cost of this was all along, that's, I've kind of already accepted that might be the, the penalty here, um, you know, that, that the friendship may be lost. So, I mean, I guess I'm not afraid of that too much. Love uh, blinds people. Love makes people stupid. Yeah. Love makes um, people leave things behind that they 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 really ought to value more. Yeah. Um, can I ask you one question? One more question about this. Sure. Um, should I feel obligated to go to the wedding? Like I. <laughs> um, going to the wedding uh, when you really strongly disapprove uh, uh -huh. is something that I think people often do, and I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's always witnesses at the execution, uh, and you can go to a wedding with that sort of uh, being your, your the spirit in which you're there. Like, I'm yeah. here to watch you get shot <laughs> so that five, ten years from now we can commiserate and laugh and drink about what a big mistake that day was. Really? You know, it's going to compound his pain uh, at the divorce and a sense of betrayal, I think, perhaps if you weren't there. Okay. You know, maybe the last time you see him. Yeah. You know, because if this is the way she's acting before the wedding, mm -hmm. and this is what he's allowing her to do before the wedding, mm -hmm. then after it's after they're married, it's really going to spin out of control. Um, yeah. And if I were you, I would bring a shotgun to the wedding and shoot his balls off so he can get kids <laughs> with this woman. Oh, they're they're long gone. Oh, they are. <laughs> oh, yeah, of I course they are. I think they're long gone. No, I think his, right. his, his uh, figurative balls are long gone. I think his yeah. literal balls probably need to be uh, seized <laughs> before he walks down the aisle. <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's probably the most valuable uh, part of this is, that, is the uh, witness of the execution. Thank you for that. You're welcome. That advice. It's a bummer, you know what, but it, it, it's almost like I, I feel like in situations like this, you know, I have friends who they come out and their families freak out, uh, and they get really depressed because, you know, their families are sort of, they're estranged from their families, and uh, okay. eventually their families, like, get over hearing that truth from their kid. Um, and they reconcile. It just happened to a friend of mine. You know, his family just got over it, and they're mm -hmm. reconciled. It's really great. And you will reconcile with him, despite telling him something that he really didn't want to hear. Okay. Good luck. All right. Well, I'll give him a best shot. Thanks for the advice. Sure thing.
Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, Dan. Before I ask my question, I just wanted to say how much I love reading your article um, in the coast here in Halifax. Um, here's my question. I'm 17, I'm gay and single. I'm not old enough to get in the clubs, and uh, it seems like that's the only way to meet a boyfriend here. So I'm wondering what advice you could give for young gay guys that are in search of romance, but don't really have access to gay hangouts. Thanks. Bye. Okay, uh, young gay guys uh, who don't have access to gay hangouts, uh, it's actually a good thing that you don't have access to gay hangouts because when I think 16, 17-year-old, 18, even 19-year-old gay kids who just come out, who tend to be kind of naive, have access to gay hangouts where there are gay guys who are, you know, 25, 35, 45, or older hanging out, uh, can, can get into a lot of trouble uh, because of your na- naivete. Uh, you say you want a boyfriend. Uh, a lot of young gay guys believe a boyfriend is a solution to all of their problems. Boyfriends, as I've said a million times, are actually the beginning of a whole new set uh, and sometimes worse problems. Uh, so you have to be cautious and you have to be careful. I really turn into dad uh, when it comes to gay teenagers. What I want to tell you to do is stay home and masturbate for four or five more years uh, and then go to college or, you know, go to college next year uh, and be out. And you will meet tons of gay guys your own age uh, who uh, you can date. Uh, there's, uh, there's no shortage of gay guys on college campuses. I think gay kids go to college at uh, greater rates than the, the non-gay kids for a lot of different reasons, but uh, you know, just you just need to be out and, and live your life. And there's a lot of if you go online, uh, you can find resources for gay teens. You can find uh, chat rooms for gay teens where you have to avoid the occasional sexual predator, but that's just like life, isn't it? Uh, and you can also, in, in a city as big as Halifax, a city I absolutely adore, you know, there's a hipster neighborhood. There's coffee shops. There's places where sort of gay teens, I think, instinctively know. To, to go and, and hang out uh, if they want to meet other gay teenagers their own age in a slightly, you know, quasi-wholesome manner, uh, which I encourage you to do. Uh, there is no magic solution. There's no magic bullet. You know, uh, it's unfair uh, because – but it's nothing that the world can help. You know, if you're a gay teenager and even if you're out in high school, you know, say there's 900 kids in your high school or 700 kids in your high school, there's probably only one or two who are brave enough to be out uh, of the probably, you know, what, 2% of the student body population that's going to be gay, uh, only one or two are brave enough to be out. The odds that that other one person that's out uh, is someone that you're attracted to or that is attracted to you are really slim. So while all the straight kids at school have all the other straight kids from at school to choose from when it comes to dating, the gay kids really do have some very slim pickings in high school. That changes once you get into college or once you get into real life and once you move to the big city. And, yeah, you got to move to the big city if you're gay. You know, it would be great if we gay people who are from the boonies and the sticks could stay in the boonies and the sticks. But gays and lesbians are a tiny percentage of the population. And if you live in a town with 500 people, there's only going to be one or two other queers, and they're probably both priests. And if you don't want to date a priest, you're going to have to move to a Toronto or a Vancouver or a Chicago, or a Seattle, or a New York, even a Halifax. You know, Halifax is kind of a magnet, I think, uh, in that corner of Canada. Uh, But, you know, it's not as big a city as others. And the bigger a city, the more options you're going to have for dating. But you're going to have them later in life, unfortunately. You're going to have to wait a little longer than your straight peers. Uh, In that time, while you wait, uh, masturbate like crazy. That's what the Internet was invented for. Read, uh, join a gym. I know that sounds really lookist and uh, shallow, uh, but there's the benefit of, you know, looking better. There's also the benefit of being healthier. So let's focus on the being healthier aspect of it. 
you know, because uh, the better your circulation, the better your muscle tone, the more often you can beat off while you watch Internet uh, porn, and the uh, more limber a lover you'll be when you finally do get that first boyfriend and all your real troubles begin. So good luck to you there in Halifax, gay kid. Hi, Dan. I am a teenage bisexual female. This question has to do with heterosexual sex. Um, I recently had an hour and a half uh, marathon of sex with um, with this guy, and uh, he did not come once the entire time. He told me that he takes scalding hot showers in order to um, in order to desensitize his cock and and be able to last longer. But um, I was wondering. If this is safe, he said that it does mean he shoots blanks, which uh, he assured me is uh, only a temporary situation. So I was just wondering, is this safe? Should I be concerned? Or is this something I should be telling my male friends about so that they don't do that teenage in two seconds thing? First, a word for the gay team. Look, look, see, a boyfriend is the beginning of all of your problems because boyfriends uh, can be really or male sex partners of uh, teenage female bisexuals, can be really fucking stupid, uh, as is the case here. Okay, teen by female, uh, awesome, you're having 90-minute sex marathons. Awesome uh, that uh, you're a teen by female and you're open about it. Uh, this guy who didn't come and said he takes scalding hot showers to desensitize his cock so he can last longer and says that as a result of these showers, he's shooting blanks. It's a it's an old uh, bullshit, uh, I don't want to say wives' tale, because hopefully anyone who's a wife knows better. Uh, it's this bullshit that just floats around in high schools that, you know, if you heat up a guy's balls uh, long enough, he'll be sterile. You know, some kids believe that if you heat up a man's scrotum, uh, if you get his balls hot enough, you kill all the sperm, and therefore he can, you know, ejaculate in a woman or have sex and pull out, which leaves some seem to without being, you know, in any danger of getting her pregnant, that it's sort of like this virtual hot water condom. This is total bullshit. It does not work. Uh, the only way you can heat up a man's scrotum enough to prevent him from getting someone pregnant if he ejaculates in her is if you heat up the scrotum enough that it falls off. At that point, he's not going to be able to ejaculate ever again. So it just really doesn't work. The kid obviously doesn't know what he's doing, doesn't know what he's talking about. Please don't tell your male friends to start doing this because it's horseshit. And it needs to stop now. You need to go to him and say, that's crap. He needs to do a little reading about birth control uh, before he knocks somebody up. Why didn't he come? I expect that perhaps he's... Uh, having some performance issues. Uh, you know, there are people who come too quickly and too easily. There are also people who take a very long time to come or need a very particular kind of stimulation that he was too embarrassed to ask for or, or, or demonstrate uh, in front of you. And he's embarrassed, so he made up this story about the scalding hot showers make him last longer. Sometimes they make him last longer than 90 minutes, it appears, and make him sterile temporarily. Uh, it's just bullshit. He's just a nervous teenager like you, and he's just vamping and making it up. Um, you know, kids who, young people who are having trouble lasting need to, like, learn more about their dicks, learn more about their sexual response cycle. Sometimes kids, uh, people who have trouble with premature ejaculation will ejaculate, will masturbate right before sex basically starts, and then, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes into it, depending on how young and spry they are, uh, they'll ramp back up, and it'll take them much longer to have that second orgasm. 
Uh, that doesn't sound like the case with him. I would go to him and say, what's the real deal? You know, how and when do you come and can you come? Uh, and then ask him to masturbate in front of you before you mess around again so that you can see uh, what his technique is and what it, the kind of stimulation he is. He might be one of those guys who just does the death grip thing uh, when he masturbates and therefore can't uh, ejaculate, can't get himself uh, to the point of no return without some similar form of incredibly uh, rough stimulation. So that's my answer. Good luck to you. Uh, don't fall for it. Don't spread this bullshit meme. This has been the Savage Love Podcast. I'm Dan Savage. Uh, thank you for downloading me every week. If you have a question you want to record for a future podcast, 206-201-2720. And, of course, you download this podcast every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. And we'll be uh, doing one again next week. So uh, keep those questions coming. Keep them coming to the column, Savage Love. And uh, we'll keep talking about sex because uh, that's what they pay me to do. 